Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We're going to continue talking about the Spirit again this week. The thing that separates the church, and when I say the church, I'm not talking about the building. When I say the church, I'm talking about the body of Christ, the family of God. Praise the Lord, the The, saints. The thing that separates the church from every other organization in your town, whether that's the Elks or the Eagles or the Kiwanis or the Rotary, whatever that group is, the thing that separates the church from all of those groups is the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, a body of believers just meeting together is just another social club. It's just another group that meets for business purposes, social times, whatever it might be. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that sets the church apart. The power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit indwelling in each individual believer. Sometimes people think, well, the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is indwelling that building. No, the Holy Spirit is indwelling each individual person in the church, which, though, he says that you are God's building. So God's building is not that building on the corner or in the middle of the block, wherever you might meet. God's building is the people who are his, who, through faith, have received God's grace and received the Holy Spirit indwelling in their life. And again, you got to get an understanding of that. I was just telling you during the break, we were kind of joking, and I was just revealing to you how, you know, I've conditioned myself every morning. The first thing I come out of my mouth when I wake up is, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Well, I'm acknowledging the greater one, the power source that lives in me, because Scripture says, Greater is he that's in you. That he's in the world. So I acknowledge him. And again, that's part of me. And now I find myself acknowledging the Holy Spirit all the time. When I'm speaking to some something or even doing a service or just talking about the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And boom, I'll get a download real quick from above. And I'll, I'll declare, thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing that to me. Because the scripture says he'll lead and guide you into all truth. He'll bring to your remembrance things that I said to you. Things that I said to you, Jesus said that. From his word. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is to do, to lead and guide you into all truth. He's supposed to be, he's your counselor. He's your comforter. He's your personal coach. He's inside of you. And you, again, a lot of churches like, well, we we don't teach on the Holy Spirit. That ain't our doctrine. What do you mean that ain't your doctrine? That's elementary. You don't have a doctrine. Right. You don't have a doctrine. That's elementary. And here's the thing, because we keep. We preach in denominations instead of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We're tre- preaching Baptist, Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian. We're preaching all this stuff, and we ain't preaching about the Trinity. And you have to acknowledge Scripture talks about it in John 14, 16, all over in Corinthians about the Spirit of Christ dwelling in you. And again, if somebody's dwelling in you, 
it's to your advantage to acknowledge that. See, if, and it's the Holy Spirit indwelling in you that makes you a believer. Right. And makes you a child of God. And no man can put the Holy Spirit in you, and no man can take you out. You know, we were talking before about people, and you and I know people, they won't take communion with certain people because they're not of their denomination. They're not of their faith. Right, right. That's it's that. not a person that puts the Holy Spirit into you. It is God himself. If the Holy Spirit comes to indwell in you through the power of God, not because of a man. And the same way no man can take it out, we've talked before, excommunication as a concept is just completely incredible to me that people think can put you they out. People can, can put, put you, out, you the, out. out of the family of God. Right. You, they kick God, you out. The Holy Spirit is indwelling in you through the power of God, and yet a man or a woman could gonna cast take that, it out. They're going to cast that spirit out of you, so and they, they're going to erase your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. There you go. You're gone. They're gone. I'm like, who gave you the authority to do that? I thought Jesus Christ was Lord. He wrote your name in the book. Right. He's the only one, if it's possible, to take it out. Right. A, a man can't take it out. A, a you human know what, Richard, being can't take it out. And that's out. a whole other subject because I see so many wounded Christians because of oh, ministry, well, yeah. a, a church then did that to excommunicate. They're saying that uh, the church is the only people that shoots their wounded. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but I hear those stories all the time. And people say, well, I was a part of this church. They excommunicated me. They did this and did that. And, and again. You, well, they might not excommunicate, but they made you know that, that you weren't welcome there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know a brother right now. Uh, they said he's not welcome there. Him and his wife's getting a divorce. Both of them Christians. And, uh. The leadership pastor and them said he wasn't welcome there because they don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. I'm like, wow, what's the scripture said about reconciliation of marriages and stuff like that? That shit will be. And, and again, you're coming there to hear the word. And again, again, and you really, yes, your husband and wife, but your brothers and sisters in Christ as well. And the Bible said if one among you falls, you who are spiritual, lift them up. We're not supposed to be shooting our own. We're supposed to be lifting one another up. Because God's really big on relationships. <laughs> Especially the scripture says, if all have to do to, with you live peaceably among all people. And he says, you know, if one person in a body suffers, we all should suffer with it. Because it's our body. I'm looking at my body, your body. It's all one. Every part of your body is important and has a purpose and a function. So you don't neglect, you know, a part of your body because it, it's, it, your finger got cut. Oh, a finger where well, you're not a part of me no more because uh, you got a Band-Aid on you now. No, you nurture that part even more. That's what we're supposed right, to do. Right, you take care it. of that part. Right, even mother, you you know, you give a little more special attention to it because... Uh, yeah, if you cut one finger, you're giving more attention to that one finger than the other nine <laughs> right. all together. Right? And, I mean, that one finger is going to get more attention than the rest of the other nine put together. And that's what he meant in Corinthians when he says, you know... You, you should, if one member of the body suffers, the rest of the body suffers with it, and it's supposed to take care of it. And again, that's what we're supposed to be doing as the church, as the body of Christ, as children of the Most High God. You know, and, and, and before we go from that, you know, just think about that concept. Let's say you cut a finger on your right hand. Mm -hmm. Your left hand doesn't go, hey, that ain't none of my concern. Right. It's well, the one that's going to take care right, of Right, your those. left hand's starting to <laughs> band-aid that it's one up. It's going to take care of that other hand. It doesn't say, hey, that's none of my concern. That's not one of my fingers. They're all its fingers. Well, and again, that's why Scripture says we're new creations in Christ and we're babes in Christ. We're born again. 
So now we got to so learn Christ. We have to get in the word of God and feast on it. Jesus said in Matthew 5, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And then in John 15, uh, 6, he says, I am the bread that came from heaven. He said, feed on me, eat of my body, drink of my blood. He was speaking of the word of God, spirit. He says, feed on the truth. And that's what's going to make you free. And again, there's another scripture that says, there's a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, is death. So that's you leaning on your own understanding outside from reasoning or coming in line with the word of God. Well, see, a lot of us do that. It seems right to rely on the government. Seems it, right it, to excommunicate them. It seems right not to have communion with you because, after all, we're in different uh, denominations. Right. Well, you know, we're yeah. not part of the same right. group. And, and, and it seems right to put faith in the government. And it seems right to put the faith in this institution or that institution. It just seems right, mm-hmm. but they're not. The way of the Lord is so different than, than the way we see things. Well, and, and Jesus made a real plain, especially during communion. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He didn't say nothing about do it in remembrance of you. He said, do it because of what I did. I came to redeem, reconcile, and restore man, humans, back to the Father. Well, and then, but people will say, well, you know what? Paul talks about do not take it in an unworthy manner. Well, we understand what what that meant. I can't decide if you're taking it in an unworthy manner or not. It's not up to me to decide that. Right, right. We have to search ourselves. Right. And and if you think you're worthy. That's between you and God. That's not between me and you or yeah. me and God. I, I'm going to point you. it out. Richard, you've been taking communion in an unworthy manner. Right. No. I mean, we it, we think that it's up to us to determine if somebody else is in a worthy manner well, or not. We That's wanna, up to We want to continue to judge, and the Scripture is playing on that. So we shouldn't be judging one another. We should be loving one another because we're under the law of love right now. And Jesus demonstrated that. We understand the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery. The, the law says take her out to the town square and stone her. And the men, they were all out there with their stones ready to do it. And Jesus just happened, I mean, divine appointment, just walked up and, and, and witnessed this, uh, this uh, crucifixion about to happen, the stoning. And he said something, you know, he started revealing to them their hearts. And he said, he started writing on the ground, whatever he wrote, we don't know. But he asked the question, okay, well, he stated you who have no sin, go ahead and cast the first stone. And the scripture says they all started putting their rocks down one by one. And then the woman looked up and Jesus said, well, where are your accusers? She said, well, I don't see none. He said, well, I don't accuse you either. See, that's the law of love. He's like, I'm not going to judge you. He says, just go and sin no more. Go by your way and, and remember this. Remember this act of love, this act of compassion. And Remember it to the point that you extend it to others now. And we know there's another story about a guy that was in front of a judge and was taking another guy to court about some financial stuff. This one hits close to home. Right, 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 right. He had some financial issues, and he begged and pleaded the judge for mercy, and the judge, okay, gave him some mercy, extended mercy. And he owed a great amount. Great amount. As soon as he hit the court doors and went out on the street, he saw old Billy Bob over there, owed him some money. He tried only to, a lot smaller amount. Right, right, a couple of dollars. He tried to choke <laughs> Billy Bob out and drag him into court, and somebody that happened to be in the court witnessed all that. And they went back and told the judge, Judge Harris, Billy, Joe Blow just seen Billy Bob out there. You just extended mercy to him, and he tried to kill him. And, you know, he, the judge wasn't happy with that. And that's what God says, you know, 
freely you receive, freely right. give. If you thousands receive some mercy, thousands of sins that we committed, God forgave us. Right. And we have now to, you're after that guy. You don't want to forgive him for the one. And again, I heard that and received that by faith. Scripture says that. I heard that in the scriptures. I heard it and I saw it as I studied the word. I saw the message in there. Remember, Jesus always taught by parables. That was the social media of their day. And he, they would get it. Some of them who had ears to hear would get it. You know, and then he was, okay, now go tell somebody else and, and apply this to your life. So when we study the scriptures, which it says in Timothy, which are able to make one wise for salvation, and it's good for doctrine, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, we need to extend that to others, apply it to our lives and extend it. See, and then it's all done through the spirit. Through the spirit. Because you talk about forgiveness. The flesh is the spirit is willing. Times, the spirit is willing. How many times have you heard people say, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget? The only way that you can forgive and forget is through the spirit. Mm -hmm. The only way that you can love your enemy is through the spirit. The only way that you can pray for those that despitefully use you is through the spirit. Because our own human nature is not to do any of those things. Our human nature is to say, Yeah, I forgive you, but not really forget. Because I'll bring it up later. Our human nature is to not love our enemies. Our human nature is to not pray for those that despitefully use us. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to do those things. If somebody does something really mean and nasty to me, my human nature would want to get back. That's, that's the human side of us wants to get back. It's only through the power of the Spirit that we're not And it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can crucify your flesh daily. Right. Scripture tells you to put it to death daily because, again, the spirit is always willing to do the will of God. The flesh is always weak to that. That's why he said, go ahead and crucify it daily. Paul said, yeah, uh, that old man, he may be dead, but he wants to come back. Right, alive. He wants to come back alive. <laughs> he wants to influence you. You know, Satan uses that old sin nature to try to influence you to do his will, to take you captive. And God says, no. And Paul, I have to make this declaration. Same one. You see, that's the thing about the word of God. It, it didn't do us forever. If it worked back then, it still worked. So Paul made this declaration, and I make it a lot. Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ Jesus. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I now live by the spirit of him who lives in me and not out of the flesh. I'm kind of paraphrasing. He says, not me who live, but the spirit that lives in me. I'm led by that spirit and not by my old sin nature anymore. And that's what you have to do. You have to, and God word is spirit as well. You got to start living, practicing righteousness. The scripture calls it in first Peter. You have to practice the things of God. Just like you have to practice taking communion. You have to practice forgiving people. See, we have to die to ourselves daily. I would say we have to die to ourselves hourly and sometimes minutely. You got to practice that. Because... Because every minute something's going to happen. Right. Something else can happen. Something different. Somebody can say or do something. I don't something. know what's going to happen in the next hour, Richard. But I know if I walk in the spirit and don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, I'm going to reap. Remember, whatever man sows, that's what he also reap. He who sows to the flesh, other flesh will reap corruption. But if I sow to the spirit, I know I'm going to get some good results out of that. Well, see, the spirit will never lead you into sin. There you ever. go. There you go. See, so if we're sinning, one thing we know, it's not the Holy Spirit leading us. It's either our own sinful nature or something else, but the Spirit will never lead us into sin. Mm -hmm. The Spirit always leads us into what God's will is, His good and perfect will. 
And so it is so important for us to always remember and, and to kind of go back to how we started this show. The spirit is what sets the church apart. It is the spirit that makes the church the church. And it's through the power of the spirit that we're able to do the things that God wants us to do and to live the life that God wants us to live. And it's through the power of the spirit that we're going to see people get healed. It's through the power of the spirit that we're going to see marriages get saved. It is the saddest thing to me, even Christians think that, well, they're not getting along, so there's no hope for them. That's not true. God's, God's a reconciler. God can reconcile that marriage. I've heard people say, well, it was adultery, so they got to get divorced. You know, the Bible says that you can divorce because of adultery. I say it doesn't say you have to. Right, it says you can't. It says that that is the grounds, but right. it doesn't say you, you have, have to. to. And a lot of people take that as the ticket to get out of jail free card. I'm out. I have to uh, I have because, to. you know, of adultery. Now, is adultery a terrible sin? Yes, it is. Does adultery hurt marriages? You bet it does. Does it tear away trust? You bet it does. But it doesn't have to be the end. And there are just so many things that people think, even Christians, well, that happens, so that's just the way it has to be. No, we've got to remember that the Holy Spirit changes people. It changes circumstances. He He's still alive. He's still well. He's still performing miracles every day. And I'm glad you just said that because as you were speaking, I was just thinking of, like you say, that's just the way it has to be. Well, Mary, I believe, was that Mary and Martha? They thought that when their brother Lazarus did. I was just reading that today. Right. They, they thought, you know, Jesus, if you was only here, but it's too late now because he's a done deal. And he's Jesus, been in there for four days. Yeah, he's, he's going Yeah, he's in there for four days. He's thinking now, Jesus say, woman. Didn't I tell you if you would only believe? And Jesus said, well, I am the resurrection. Again, I can resurrect that dead situation. He could do they that said, to well, a marriage. Well, we know someday he's going to be alive. No, again. no. He said, I am the resurrection this day. And again, I can resurrect a bankruptcy. I can resurrect a marriage. I can resurrect a, a jacked up mind. They call it ADD. They got all kinds of names for uh, craziness now, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to call it craziness, whatever it is. You got mind issues. But he said, I, I, I'm a restorer. I came here to, to restore, and I can still do that. That same power that raised Christ from the dead still lives and abides forever, and it, it'll work. And Jesus was like, Lazarus, come forth. And they looked at and they had already mummified him. He was a done deal, man. They were sending him on off. And Jesus was like, no. Nah. I told somebody the other day in service, you know what, when I go to funerals, you know, I practice that. If the guy get up and everybody, you know, didn't want him to die, hip, hip, hop, hooray. Yes, they're going to run out, but they'll get over it. <laughs> but, you know, but it'll, they'll be rejoicing later. Yeah, I may run out too, but but still, I'm going to practice what he told me. And I don't do it. My wife will tell you. If I'm at a funeral, especially if he's a young guy like this one, I'm going to be going to a pastor passed away. I'm, I'm going to walk past the casket and say, get up in the name of Jesus. And if he get up, I know, you know, the family's going to be happy. And, if, you know, if he don't, then obviously, you know, wasn't the will of God. Again, and I say that that's the extreme faith on fire. And, again, I believe as he is, so am I. Jesus did it. I know some, some ministers around the country now. That's their, they, they have faith for that, and they do that. Yeah, but what if it doesn't work? People, you know. Hey, even, I, I didn't been to funerals that didn't work, Richard, but even, I, ain't still, I didn't stop practicing it. Even, even though the people that are sick or people that are hurt or whatever, people 
I know I know Christians that are scared to pray because what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't happen? Man, you need to first of all get rid of all doubt and unbelief. Doubt robs your faith constantly. Plus, we're just commanded to pray. He doesn't say don't. He doesn't say worry about the results. Right. He the says results pray. are up to him. And that's what I do, Richard. I just practice it, you know. In, and I use that extreme raising the dead. Now I'm gonna go over here to what may not be a scream, forgiving somebody. I can forgive somebody the same just by opening my mouth. I forgive you like God did me. Raise, get up, walk. I can do that. Jesus said it to the guy by the pool of Bethesda. You know, he was complaining he had nobody to put him in the water. You know, Jesus said, you know, get up. (laughs) And again, words are powerful, especially when we're speaking the word of God or speaking in line with the word of God. Scripture says his word does not return void. And we, as ambassadors, as ministers of reconciliation, we, as children of the Most High God, we have a right to say, to relate our daddy's message. You know, I'm going to break it down in the natural. You know, when you was a kid and you did something, and you go in there and tell mama and daddy about it. And all you got to do is go back in the other room with the kids. But daddy said, and that's all it takes, because they don't really want daddy to come in there. <laughs> the, the name daddy carries a lot of weight in the family. And they'll stop doing what they said they were doing or being mischief because you came in there and said, Daddy said. All you did was related with Dad. Daddy didn't have to show up. Daddy just sent the message. Right. The authority went with him. Right. And here it is. We sent, he said, he sent his word and it heals. And we have a right as ambassadors because his spirit dwells in See, us. And that's what when Jesus, the centurion came to Jesus. He understood. He, he, he said, man, I'm a man of authority. Right. I know all how words work. Is, all you got to do is that, say it. That's it. it. Happens. And Jesus was like, wow, this guy, this cat, man, he's, his face on fire. Right. He I ain't got to come to your house. He know how, <laughs> he know how the words and authority work. See, and again, he knows he can just tell somebody, go tell them this and it's going to happen. Because he was a captain or something, a general, a somebody. Yeah. So, but that's how we are. You know, we have heaven backing us and we have the host of heaven, which includes angels, angelic forces. And that's why he said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you lose. We as reconciled children of God now, God, we got heaven behind us. Like the Verizon telephone, telephone commercial, the whole network's behind this one guy. We got the whole, and Jesus said that when they was about to get him, he said, Y'all come to me with clubs and bats now? He said, if I wanted to, I can make one phone call. <laughs> yeah, I just have to speak <laughs> have, the word. Yeah, I have a million angels down here, man. Y'all have to, you don't have to come at me like that now. I understand it's my time. You know, Peter, put the knife down, Peter. You ain't got to cut his ear. Oops, you cut it anyway. Let me fix it. So, you know what? We, that's the same. Scripture said, as he is, so are we in this world. See, and I love that you just said that because we forget that. I don't. The same spirit that is alive in Paul and Peter and James and John and Jesus is the same spirit that's alive in us. And we somehow in the church, I think, have forgotten that. We, we think, yes, of course, Paul could pray for people and they'd get healed. Yes, of course, Peter and John could pray for people and they would get healed. But that was them and this is now. And that same spirit is alive in us. Peter and John are walking down this road, and here's the beggar. He won't even look up at him. He's just got his cup out. He sees their shadow go by, and he realizes that people are going by. He just holds his cup out. He doesn't even look up. Shadow healed him. And Peter and John said, hey, look at us. Peter says, hey, look at us. And the guy looks up, and he says, silver and gold have we none, 
but such as we have, we give to you, stand up and walk. And the man stands up and walks. Now, what I like about that story is, you know, we, we quote the verse all the time that God is able to do more than we can ask or even imagine. That guy couldn't even imagine. All he could think of was maybe I'll get a few coins. That's all he could hope for. He could not even imagine being healed, mm-hmm. being able to be up and walking. He couldn't even imagine it. And God was able to do more than he was able to ask or even imagine. Because all he would hope for was a few coins. And, P- and Peter and John said, you know what? We don't have that. But I'll tell you what we do have. Stand up and walk. Right. And the man was able to stand up and walk. The same power that was available to them, the same spirit that lived in them, lives in us today. And I think we as the church have forgotten that. That we have a watered-down version of Christianity we have a form of godliness, but don't understand the power of it, Christianity. Well, but you we know what? need to remember that we have the power. And here it is, Richard. I'm going to put it on the fivefold ministry, if that's the case. Because the scripture says in Ephesians 4.11, he gave gifts to men. And then he described those gifts in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He said he gave, he's anointed some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And in verse 12, he says, why? For the equipping or the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. So again, I tell people all the time, you need to be in a good Bible-based church because usually the leadership is going to either ignite your faith on fire or water your faith down. So I tell people it does matter what church you go to. Because how the Bible says, how can they believe unless they hear? How can they hear without a preacher? You know, how can he preach unless he's been sent? Then it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you don't hear the word of God on all this stuff we're talking about and get that spirit of wisdom revelation, you'll be watered down. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. Almost. <laughs> but yeah, you need to be in a good Bible-based church, man, to get the word of God. And again, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, continue to walk by faith because the just shall live by faith and we walk by faith not by sight in jesus name amen